Hello, this is Catherine as I know I need to stop talking. Hello, lovelies. God, it's bloody hot, isn't it? It is bloody hot. I mean, obviously it makes a pleasant change from pissing rain, but I genuinely, I, I typically, I, I'm typically livid with the weather regardless of what it's doing. So I can probably go maybe 20 minutes of going, oh, isn't it beautiful and hot and sunny before like, you know, you're sweating in places that you didn't even know could sweat. I never knew knees could sweat knees can sweat but yeah it's very very bloody hot and obviously if you mention that to anybody over the age of about 50 then you have a compulsory three-hour lecture complete with diagrams on the great heat wave of 1976 and how it was so fucking hot everybody was frying eggs and cooking roast dinners on the pavement or whatever they were doing but yeah it's a bit hot it's a bit bloody hot so how are you all it's been it's been a week where football did not come home onto that shortly obviously the cliffhanger that i left you all with at the end for anybody who listened to last week's podcast the cliffhanger that i left you with which uh, my friend actually texted me this week to go, i can't go a week without knowing the outcome of the delivery from Ocado. so shout out rach this one is this one is for you so for those who weren't with us last week i had a debacle because my life is one big debacle sometimes i had the debacle by the way before i go into debacles i'm sorry if i sound like i'm some extra in the railway children i it's because it is so very hot i've got my windows open and i live very near to a railway line and trains are delightful modes of transportation and really really fucking loud so Every now and then we're, we're probably going to get like some, some extended train noise in the background with, if we're really lucky, one of those really, really loud horn blasts that they like to do as well. And um, then, then I'll shout out, Daddy or my daddy, for, for good measure. If anybody hasn't watched The Railway Children, that probably sounds really weird. Um, trust me, it's a, it's a reference to the famous book and film. Anyway, goodness, where were we? I think the heat's getting to me already. Back to last Saturday. So Ocado... You all know my long-standing Mexican standoff with Ocado on Saturday nights. Well, haha! I had moved the delivery later, so their arrival would no longer clash with this podcast. And haha! The last laugh was on me because they're doing some roadworks at the end of my road, which is a cul-de-sac, which means for the next few weeks, past seven o'clock in the evening, I can't get out of my road in the car, and neither can a cardo lorry come into the road. So I woke up last Saturday morning and had one of those horrible life flashing before your eyes moments of, oh, fuck, Ocado, we're going to be coming after the road was delivered. Phoned the Ocado call centre, spoke to a lovely lady. She said, we'll try and get them to come early. So as I was sat here recording this last Saturday, it was a, will they, won't they, will they be here in time? And, and in my head, it was all going to be timed perfectly. And the Ocado was driving, was just going to swing up just as they were about to put the barrier in place. And, and they'd let the Ocado driver go through and all would be well. And that is not what happened. So seven o'clock came and went and Ocado had had not arrived. And, you know, to be fair, the slot was seven to eight, so it was entirely on me. Anyway, probably about half an hour later, I had a phone call from and like the loveliest Ocado driver ever. So if, if you're listening to this and, and, and if you are, you will know it was you because there was no other guy I'm willing to bet who had to deal with quite such a debacle. Thank you so much. You were you were a joy under difficult circumstances. So lovely Ocado driver called me and said i'm really sorry i can't get near your road there's a roadblock i've tried to talk cheerfully to the guys blocking the road but they are doing their job they will not let me through i said thanks i'm so sorry we arranged that he'd drive to the other side of the closed road and that would be slightly nearer and again listeners from last week will remember that beth had her friend staying so i was like brilliant it's an extra pair of hands we're going to walk up we're going to go and collect all the Ocado stuff well in the time that it took me between recording this podcast and Ocado arriving beth and her friend had decided to 
Well, in, in their words, we've decided to dress up as chavs. And, and all I can all I can do is apologise to chavs everywhere because what they looked like, I do not know. They were wearing the most startling outfits and their makeup was like the makeup that a drunk would apply if wearing spatulas for hands. It was it was quite startling. So anyway, the cardo guy calls, he's like really near, and then I'm like, right, obviously all hand to, hands to the deck. Come on, girls, come on, Jamie. They come downstairs. I'm like, what do you two look like? They're like, it's fine, we're going to go out like this. So we had this little procession to the main road with passers-by kind of giving us uneasy glances, no doubt, at the, at the two girls. And then the cardo guy drove up and he was absolutely brilliant. And of course, of course I'd done that thing, hadn't I? Of course. Where I'd gone, I'm going to really stock up this month. I'm going to really stock up on store cupboard items and things that are heavy and tins and two big cases of Coke Zero, which weigh a fucking ton. So we we basically, we all piled it into bags and we dragged it all down the road and the Ocado man helped and he was an absolute delight. And it's a story to dine out on for years. So yay, Ocado, yay, Ocado driver. And this week I have remembered Ocado can't come five till six because it's when I record this podcast and they can't come seven till eight because the road is shut they're coming Sunday morning instead and I was like right fine we've got it sorted and then I had a text this afternoon I shouldn't laugh because it's serious I had a text this afternoon to say we're ever so sorry there's been a fire at our warehouse there's a problem with your order we'll be in touch to let you know more and I now think maybe me and Ocado are just cursed maybe it's like some blighted love affair but I love you lots Ocado I will stick with you through through thick and thin and yeah hooray to your driver completely unfazed even even greeted with the sight of, of Beth and her friend it was um yeah quite a quite a startling moment so that was Saturday and then of course I'm sure most of you listening would have tuned in on Saturday night to watch us not bring football home but as I said on last week's podcast you know what I think it already is home like I think the team were amazing to hold Italy the best team in the tournament to a one-all draw and then to go out on penalties I mean penalties are just fucking cruel right they are just fucking cruel Beth had a football tournament at school on Friday and she came out in tears, which is really, really unusual. And I said, oh my God, are you all right? And basically she, she'd been wronged. Her team had come really close. They actually thought they'd won, but the school didn't think they had won. So it had to go to a final match and they drew that and it went to penalties and she missed her penalties. And I said, sweetheart, you are in amazing company. Look at those brilliant, brave young men who stepped up to the plate and did their best. And actually, do you know what? Much like your penalty, you didn't miss. It was saved and the goalkeepers have been amazing, right? But, you know, all of the penalty takers, but particularly Rashford and Saka and Sanchez are, you know, I, I can't imagine what it must be like to to have that happen to you on, on such a such an international stage. And the behaviour that was seen afterwards from a tiny minority, but I just, it is abhorrent. I think abuse to anybody for that kind of thing is, is absolutely unacceptable. But to make it something, to make it about race, to this, the racist, I just awful it's just awful and heartbreaking and I spent a lot of time this week sort of trying to understand trying to understand how how do I become a better ally because as I've said before on here you know one of the biggest eye-openers for me was for a long time I thought well it's all right because I'm not a racist and actually realizing that no because actually not standing up and calling out racism in many ways is, is almost as bad because you know being passive that isn't going to change anything and for whatever reason there are this tiny minority of people out there who, who think this behaviour is okay and it's just abhorrent. So we've spent a lot of time talking about race this week and talking to the kids as well. You know, our, our privilege is that 
we have the choice to think about racism and I've chatted to sort of a few a few of my friends this week who, who are black or are mixed race and, and kind of acknowledging that for them and for their children and their families there is no choice you don't get to choose whether or not you think about racism when you're black or Asian or mixed race because you're facing it every single day and it's just we have to do more we have to do more and you know it's been great to hear so many people come out and support of of the footballers and you know acting against that that horrendous abuse but we we have to do more all of us we have to we have to do more so but yeah super proud super proud of england uh, jamie jamie was like a, a nervous wreck during the match he was like a coiled spring i was like almost i mean do you need to like have a lie down you look hysterical um and then we got to the end and i was remembering my own trauma at the end of year 96 and thinking oh my god he's going to be scarred forever my baby and he, and for about like 30 seconds he was like oh no rubbish and then he was like that's the World Cup next year. We'll win that instead. Oh, the confidence of youth. The confidence of youth. It's been the last week of term here for one of us and not the last week of term for the other one of us. So that's gone down really well, as you can imagine, that Beth's got one more extra week of school than Jamie. I don't even know how that's how that's happened. I suspect Jamie's school have just like thrown up, thrown in the towel, waved the white flag of surrender and gone, fuck this shit. Let's let's just everybody finish. We, we've made it through. And, and teachers, as always, thank you so much for, for everything everything that you do but yeah last last week term so we we're, were driving to school the other morning jamie and i dropped beth off driving to school and he sat in the back of the car because i don't know is it just me where my kids treat my car like it's a black cab when i was little it was a fight between me and my sister to who was going to sit in the front seat my kids literally it's like i'm like do you want to sit in the front no sorry right, i'll sit in the back well, if you sit in the front we could have a conversation yes all right i'll sit in the back so yeah there's a message there but anyway we're, we're driving to school and i'm like Last day of year eight, Jamie, how does it feel? And he's like, yeah, no, it's all right, it's good. It's the holidays, you know, it's good. I said, so let's, you know, let's look back on the year. I believe in reflecting and stuff, you know, best bits, worst bits of, of year eight. What was, what was your best bit, I said. He thought for a minute, he went, sex. I said, pardon? He said, sex. And I looked in the rearview mirror to see if he was like winding me up because Jamie is, is renowned for winding people up. And no, he's, he's absolutely deadly serious, straight face. Sex. I said, pardon, your best bit. He said, sex. I was like, Jamie, sorry, say that. I like, and, and in my head, I'm like preparing myself. I'm trying to go, I'm a cool mum. I'm a cool parent. I'm cool with this. I'm down with this. Hey, let's chat about sex and contraception and why the fuck are you having sex at 13 years old? And I was like, sorry, Jamie, sex. He was like, sets, sets, as in S-E-T-S, but pronounced with all the poor pronunciation of a teenager. Fuck's sake, I aged about 50 years, sat in that traffic jam while he was telling me his best bit of the fucking year had been sex, sex, sets. Anyway, thankfully it was not sex, it was sets. And they weren't even the best bit, they were the worst bit. So goodness knows what that conversation was, was all about. And I was like, oh, times have changed. And he was like, really? And I said, yeah, because I remembered back to a to a school report he had years ago. I think he would have been in like year two. And they always encouraged the kids to write something they were really looking forward to about the next year at school. And Jamie memorably wrote in his year two report, when I'm in year three, the thing I'm most looking forward to. And I'm reading this thinking, is it like, you know, getting to use a pen to do your writing? Is it learning a particular topic? Is it going further up the school? So I'm reading on going, what, what brilliant insight is my boy going to give me? And Jamie writes, in year three, I'm mostly looking forward to sports day. I'm thinking he's a budding athlete. This is great. He continues, I'm mostly looking forward to sports day because then we get to bring our chair down the stairs from our classroom. I mean, it's good to have a dream, isn't it? After the event and years to come, I said, so did bringing the chair down the stairs for sports day, did that live up to, to your expectations? No, he said it was a bit rubbish. 
Oh, the shattering of young dreams. Young dreams. So yeah, so thankfully not sex. Set. I mean, fucking hell, son. Pronunciation. Your mother's nearly having a heart attack there. On top of that, so regular listeners again will recall the maggot story from previous weeks. I will not retell the maggot story. It is, um, that's like, I don't know, some express train going off outside my window. If you can't hear this when I do the edits, then I'm going to sound like I'm imagining trains in my head. I can't decide which will be worse. Anyway, where were we? Maggots, goodness me. It's the heat. It's getting to me. So we had the maggot story the other week. And I thought at that point that kind of like, I mean, my cats are fucking grim, but I kind of thought, well, I've, I've probably reached peak grossness now. I've probably, I've taken all I can take now, you know, hit me with it, world. What, what else have you got to offer? And the world delivered. Yesterday morning, I came downstairs and opened up the doors to the conservatory where the cats sleep at night, except for ASAP because she's a fucking liability and just scales the side of the building because she likes to jump in through the window and, and ruin all our lives. So standard. Open the conservatory and not unusually on my white conservatory floor was a little pile of sort of decimated mouse parts and guts and again cat owner with cats that are hunters you kind of get used to this so I was about to clear it up and then I looked out of the conservatory window and I saw something on the decking and I was like hmm wonder what that is and at this point what I should have done is gone I don't need to know and turned back around and gone back to my nice normal happy sensible life but I'm a dick So instead I went out onto the decking to find out what this was. And all joking aside, if you don't have a strong stomach, please, please fast forward through the next minute of me telling you what I found. Like I say, I thought I got to peak grossness. No, no, no. Outside on my decking was a big pile of cat vomit. Again, not so unusual. Brown cat vomit, cat food, cat vomit. Mixed with the cat vomit were various disembodied parts of mouse, guts, blood, organs. And, and this may not sound this bad to you, but I need you to, I need to remind you at this point of my my big phobia, right? And and some of you will remember this. Some of you will have no, no idea what I'm going on about. All will be shortly revealed. Mixed in with the cat vomit and the mouse organs and the blood, the entire pile of vomit was teeming with slugs absolutely fucking horrific i genuinely i have a very strong stomach i gagged i'm terrified of slugs i'm not a big fan of vomit or blood i mean you know i'll get on with it and deal with it but the combination and so i was really fucking grateful at that point that i had taken one for the team and dealt with the maggots because it meant i could come inside with a clear conscience and go to mr i know i need to stop talking I love you. I love you so much. And he's looking at me and going, you never say that. What have you done? I love you so much, but I cannot deal with what's outside. So either you will need to deal with it or we're going to have to burn the house down. It's the only way. And God love him. He was a total hero. Went out, dealt with it. No more vomity, bloody, sluggy. Ah, I mean, what the fuck? And this is why I hate slugs. What the fuck goes on in a slug brain to kind of go, hmm, nice big pile of vomit and blood that makes the perfect breakfast. Honestly, slugs are about as dickish as cats are. So yes, that was a really nice, fun start to start, start to my Friday. But Mr. I know I need to stop talking. What a hero. What a hero. And actually, a, a week of heroism because Jay, uh, Jamie again, I mean, Jamie's just a legend on so many different ways and levels. But he was here. Beth was at, at a sleepover last night. So it was just the three of us. And oh, I changed the bed. I fucking hate changing the bed, doesn't it? I mean, it's just in this day and age when like, you know, we've got people going into space for a jolly. Would you not think there's a better, easier way of changing the fucking bed? No, 
No, there is no better, easier way of changing the fucking bed because beds, like slugs and cats, are dicks. So I sat there wrestling, trying to get the sheets and duvets out of the washing machine and the tumble dryer and just feeling livid about the whole situation. And then I thought, Jamie was lurking around, I thought, try my luck. I was like, Jamie, do you want a takeaway for dinner tonight? Because I thought, might as well give it a go. He's like, yeah. And I said, I'll get you a Domino's if you go and make my bed. Expecting him to say, yeah, all right, mum, no. And I'd have been like, okay, fair enough, I'll get you Domino's anyway. He went, yeah, all right. He went upstairs, he made mine and my, Mr. I Know I Need to Stop Talking's bed one. Absolute hero. He got his dominoes and extra chicken wings and some of those weird cookies that they don't cook properly in the middle that he says are lovely, but I disagree. Uh, so yeah, what an absolute, what an absolute hero. Between him and me though, I, I feel like I've got a particularly sharp body part that I haven't yet located because no word of a lie. So we have, I think I've chronicled on this before, long, secret to a long and happy marriage, separate duvets. I don't do well with sharing duvets at all. So Mr. I know I need to stop talking and I have a separate duvet, one duvet each. And obviously separate pillows and pillowcases. Well, Mr. I know I need to stop talking. They're all still nice and pristine and and undestroyed. Mine, I'm not exaggerating, both my pillowcases and now my duvet have a massive great big rip down the middle. I'm like, I mean, I've, I've got quite a pointy nose. Is my nose like slicing through the duvet at, at night or through the pillowcase? Or have I got like a, a particularly sharp spike that I don't know? Like, am I, my God, am I like an X-Man? Maybe I am at night. Oh my goodness, maybe I'm Wolverine. I've never, never known. It's like, it's like, it must be like, you know, sort of sleeping with the Hulk in bed and I just wake up and I've just destroyed stuff around me. So... Yeah, that's 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 my superpower. So because Jamie was such a hero, he and I then this morning went into town because like pretty much every teenage boy in the land, off the back of us coming so close to winning the Euros, he wanted a Foden haircut. For the uninitiated, Google Phil Foden's haircut and you will see it's it's fairly drastic. But to be fair, the school holidays are definitely the time to have that haircut. So I was kind of like going to Jamie, you sure, you sure you want that haircut? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, we're, we're not going to go down the bleach route yet because Phil Foden's hair is also very bleached and Jamie's hair is also very not bleached. So I was like, well, we'll save that for a different day. But go on then, we'll, we'll go, I'll take you to the barbers. We'll go to the barbers. So I dropped him off at the barbers and disappeared to, to Tesco and to run some errands and came back thinking, oh my God, what, what is he going to look like? And do you know what? He looks amazing. He looks really good. I said, how did, how did the hairdresser know what to do? He like looked at me witheringly and was like, it's barber. Yes, of course, it's a much more manly way of cutting hair with a, with, with a barber name as opposed to a hairdresser. No, I don't understand either. He said, I took a photo and showed it to her. And she said, are you sure you want it that short? And I said, yes. And I said, oh, good. It's good your wife wasn't there, wasn't it? I'd been like, no, no, he doesn't. No, keep my baby's hair like it is. But yeah, to be fair, he, he looks he looks amazing. So my next battle on my hands is he is he now wants to, to bleach it to get the true Foden effect. I've kind of said to him, well, it's ultimately up to you because it is the school holidays. But if you do it, you are categorically going to a proper salon. You are not doing it at home. Sun in. Do you remember Sun in? which kind of made everybody's hair look orange, yeah. I said to him, you don't want orange hair, mate. He's like, no, no, I don't. So so that's that's the next challenge. I mean, they just never mention this shit in the parenting books, do they? I feel like it's an achievement today. My son went to get his hair cut and he did not come home with it bleached. Yay, yay me, one parenting point. Oh, we should have like sticker charts. That's what, that's what we need. We need stickers. We had a bit of nostalgia on the blog this morning, didn't we, for anybody who's read it? We went down memory lane. I wrote a post about kids not knowing that they're born. I mean, it's it's funny, the stuff that, like, our kids take for granted. Like, the ability to Google everything. I, I Sometimes I try and explain to them. I'm like, 
when I was younger, the internet wasn't there. And it's like I've said, gravity wasn't there or the sky wasn't there. They're like, they, they, they just, they can't even comprehend it. They're, they're like, no. And I'm like, well, it wasn't. It wasn't there. We didn't have the internet. So what did you do? We read books. And of course, the, 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 the <laughs> memorable, which clearly is not just me who remembers it, judging by the comments, in Carter CD-ROM. Do you remember what CD-ROMs? I don't even know what CD-ROM is, other than it was a CD that you put in a ROM disc drive. I've made that up completely. I'm talking shy. Don't listen to me. I know nothing about the evolving history of technology, clearly. But yeah, Encarta, and I think there was like something, I think I had something that even preceded Encarta, which was like really good. It was like a CD-ROM, but it only covered about 12 different topics. So if you like got a, a, a like a project home from school, you would kind of had to twist the brief to basically fit one of those topics. So, you know, you need to write about a, a country in, in the world, or we could write about a fishing lake. It was like really oblique niche type type topics that it covered, but yeah. And Carter CD-ROM. I learned everything. Everything I know from that that little that little thing. Although I was talking to Mister, I know I need to stop talking about this in bed this morning. And he said, "Oh yeah, I used to love the theme tune." So what do you mean? He said, "Oh yeah, the opening music when you turned on Encarta." I said, "It didn't have any music." He said, "Yes, it did." And he and he found it on YouTube and, and played it to me. And it was all the opening that I remember. I just assumed it was silent. Turned out I just didn't have my speakers on. What a dick! What a dick! But yeah, the, the, the memories, the things our kids will never have to do, of course, recording on VHS tapes, right? The trauma of that, one of my hand on heart, genuinely, this is a traumatic memory, which shows you how fucking sheltered my life is, right? But my sister and I were big, big fans of the children's cartoon, Willy Fogg, which was basically a modern retelling with animals instead of people in a cartoon of Phileas Fogg, 80 Days Around the World. It was fucking brilliant. It was shown twice. I loved every minute of it. And one of the greatest birthday presents of my life was when my sister a few years ago tracked down the whole set on CD and bought it for me. What a gift. What a gift. But this particular holiday, the final episode, so it was like a it was like a long series and you've been obviously all around the world in 80 days. Yes, I'm stating the fucking obvious here, clearly, but you've been all around the world in 80 days with Willy Fogg. And then there was the final episode. It was the one where he returned home. Was he going to get back in time? Then he realises that he hasn't changed his watch. And we all know how fucking difficult that is with jet lag and shit. And then he marries the beautiful girl and it all ends happily ever after. And it was such a feel-good episode. We'd seen it once before. It was being repeated. We were so excited and we were going on fucking holiday. Now, my dad, he's a very clever man. He's a technical man. His job is very technical. He said, don't worry, girls. It's all right. I think I can program the VHS to record something that's two weeks ahead. And we were like, whoa, what is this black magic, daddy? How will you do it? This is amazing. Anyway, so he so he did it. And, and he said, it's all set up. It's all ready to go. And, and I genuinely, that, that shows like this small little world you inhabit when you're young. I genuinely, we went and drove around France and Switzerland. And I spent most of the time panicking that there would have been like a power cart or someone would have broken in and stolen the VHS player or something like that. I mean, honestly. But anyway, eventually we got back. We got back. It was quite late at the time. It was quite late at night. It's like half past eight. The first thing I thought of before I wanted to see my bedroom or like check their neighbours or go in the garden was like, has it done it, daddy? Has it done it? And to be fair to my dad, what a hero. He went straight over. He went straight over to check. 
and he started playing it and it was the start of the credits and I was like it's done it daddy it's done it and he'd already said you can stay up late you can stay up late watch it I was so excited I can remember sitting there so excited and it got to the end of the credits then it fucking cut out because he'd put it to the end of a bloody tape hadn't it and the tape had run out of tape and oh my heartbreak honestly I can still remember it now so yeah thanks daddy you're almost a hero just check the fucking tape eh I mean I mean honestly but yeah, my kids just, they just don't get, it's like when you try and tell them that you couldn't use the internet and the landline at the same time, they're like, I mean, Jamie's brain can't process it. He's like, what? Well, why didn't you just do it on a different device? I was like, there were no different devices. You had one internet line. Why didn't you get on the Wi-Fi? There was no Wi-Fi. Blows his fucking mind. I don't get me started on parcels. I was thinking this last night. We had a, another Amazon delivery, and like many of us, I'm sure we've we've massively benefited from from internet shopping, particularly during the pandemic. There have been times when we've had five or six parcels turn up every day. My kids don't bat an eyelid, and I just think back to when I was little at home. If you got a parcel, it was like a fucking national event. It was like, oh my God, there's a parcel. Maybe you've you've got the postman delivering it, or you've got to go to the post office and pick it up, and then you bring it back, and who's it for, and you tell everybody, and you go to school the next day. What did you do last night? We got a parcel. You got a parcel. We got a parcel. Oh, the excitement. These days, my kids are like, oh, it's Amazon. It's parcel. It's for you. Jaded. Don't know they're born, these kids. Don't know they're born. My great excitement of the weekend is I am off for my second COVID jab tomorrow. I cannot wait. I feel, I've said this before, I feel so privileged to live in a time, to live in a country where we have access to healthcare that is free at the point that you use it, free vaccines I, that have been created in this remarkably short time. I mean, it, it, it blows my mind and it actually makes me feel quite teary and quite like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. The work that our scientists and our doctors have done, fucking hell, it's it's so, so humbling. So appreciate everybody makes their own decisions. And, you know, there will be some of you out there that maybe think vaccines aren't a good thing. And I'm not here to, to start some vaccine debate, but personal views, I think is amazing. If you can get vaccinated, please, please, please do. I think cases are rising. We know there's going to be an exit wave. It is scary. But if we can do our bit in terms of trying to, to minimise that wave, keep ourselves and our loved ones safe, then then we definitely, definitely should do that. So, so yeah, that's my, my excitement for tomorrow. And I'm really fucking excited because I've got a brand new face mask. It is bright pink. It's sparkly. It is brilliant for mortifying my children. And I cannot wait to wear it to celebrate my second jab. Woo, yeah, science. Very exciting. Right, with that, I'm going to go and complain about how hot it is. I mean, what else is there to do? Go and sit around, complain about how hot it is and try and keep Jamie away, away from the bleach cupboard in the event that he just decides to do a, a quick rush job on, on his own hair. Maybe I'll suggest he put some lemons on, on his head instead. That'll I'm sure that'll do an, an equally good job. I hope you're all okay. I hope you're looking after yourselves. I hope you're not too fucking hot. But you know, at least it's not as hot as the great heat wave of 1976 when we could have all cooked our roast dinners on the pavements. Fact. That is bona fide fact. Have lovely weeks. Look after yourselves. I will see you next week. Take care. Lots of love. Bye-bye.